Well, good morning. It's good to see you here this morning. I tell you, between vacations and and sickness, boy, we've taken a hit. So I pray that whoever's gone on vacation, God give them traveling mercy, but as well as those many that are sick, that God would bring them rapid healing. I tell you that we're not any of us immune to any kind of sickness or trouble or anything of that nature. As a matter of fact, Corey Ten Boom once said this, you look around and be distressed. You look inside and you'll be depressed. But you can look at Jesus and you'll be at rest. I, I want to share that with you this morning because I believe that each one of us struggle with worry. I thought as I'd get into this third part of the message that it is one thing that grips us all. And I think that, and I don't just think, I know that each one of us at times are so consumed with worry, as I've often said, that if you spend uh, the day uh, consumed over the regrets of yesterday and the worries of tomorrow, you will have no day in which to be thankful. Worry is this. It's an extreme uneasiness of a brooding fear about some contingency. In other words, it's something that consumes you in all aspect of your being and prevents you from having a day which is fruitful and thankful. We all are there many times. But I want to share with you this morning that Jesus will give us the cure for anxiety. And if you have your Bibles, I ask that you stand with me and you help me as we read the Word of God. Please stand with me as we read uh, Matthew 6, verses 25 uh, through 34. For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for, what, nor for your body as to what you will put, it on, put on. Is life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies in the field grow. They do not toll, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God... So clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink? Or what we will wear for clothing, for the Gentiles eagerly seek these things. For your heavenly Father knows what you need, all these things. But seek first his kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You may be seated. If I could take a few moments, I'd like to go through this in context of what is going on. Now, you will see in Matthew chapter 6, we're in the middle of what we call the Sermon on the Mount, as Jesus is teaching his disciples. And before this passage, Jesus will say that you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God and you cannot serve or serve God and serve wealth. You can't serve either either one of the two you're going to be voted to and the other you will neglect. And Jesus will say for this reason you do not need to worry. I love the King James translation of this. It says take no thought. Take no thought about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink. I remember many years ago, I want to share a story with you as I get into this, that my wife and I had, had, had uh, answered a call to go to the mission field. We both had good jobs here, and when I answered the call, things began to fall apart on me. Uh, as we began to grow closer to the time that we were to leave, Everything began to get depleted, everything looked bad, and God provided a way for us to move to PA. Now there in that time that we were there, we lived in the basement of a church for quite a few months, and we had no TV. No TV. 
I often tell people that as we lived in the basement of this church, it was one of the toughest times that I've ever gone through in my life. But I would do it again. I want to tell you why as we get into this message. You see, we always like to quote Romans 8, 28, for God causes all things to be good to those that love him. It's been a call according to his purpose. Let me tell you something. That passage speaks more to me now than it's ever spoken because that passage was not to change my circumstances, but to draw me closer to Jesus Christ. And during that time, I grew closer to Jesus Christ and learned total dependency. And I hope each and every one of you that are here this morning will learn total dependency. Like Corey Ten Boom said, what happens is if you look around us and you watch the news, you will be distressed. I have had many of you, even some of you in here, concerned about what the Chinese are going to do. What's my 401k going to do? What's the... Uh, the, 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 the the, the man in North Korea going to do? What are the Russians going to do? And we're worried about war with all these different people. And we're worried about the future. Our finances are bad. Interest rates on houses is the highest they've been in a long time. How can we afford a home? We look at so many things and we look at the world. No countries get along. The financial markets are beginning to crumble. Prices for food are higher than ever. And yet we still maintain and we think in our minds that we're in total control of what happens to us. Look what he says. He says, for this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as what you will eat or what you will drink. Nor for your body is what you will put on. Is life more than food and the body more than clothing? I want you to think about this just for a few moments. The two things that man wants to do is fill their closet and fill their belly. Now listen to me. You want to fill your closet with things and you want to fill your stomach with food. And what happens when we get so consumed over having things, we forget who is the provider of all things. It's amazing to me because if you will go back into chapter 6, we've been going through this in Sunday school, we will see what's called the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread, not give us this day our daily cake. We are so accustomed to having everything we want, we've forgotten who our provider is. And we are so gripped so many times, well, what's, what is going to happen next? And as he will tell his disciples, don't worry about your life. as what you will eat or what you will drink nor for your body or what you will put on. For your life is more than food and your body is more than clothing. In other words, look, cling to Jesus Christ. God the Father is your ultimate provider because if you hang on to material things, you're serving a master that is not God. You can only serve one master and his name is Christ. So take no thought. Life is more than these things. Look what he says in verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? I love this example because so many times we think that God cannot help us. That God will not provide for us. Do you understand that the same God who made you had a provision to provide for you? You look at the birds. How many of you put seed out every year for birds? Now, do you have a blinking neon sign that says, Here, bird, here's your seed. I want you to think about this for a few moments. Listen to me. That bird does not need your help 
to find that seed. It knows where to find it. Why? Because God has ingrained that into them. I often tell people, you know, we love to throw bread out for the little birds when it snows. I cannot get out there and go, here, bird! But if I throw that bread out, some way, shape, form, or fashion, it'll find it. You see, yesterday I showed my wife something very interesting. Now listen to me. I don't know if any of you have ever seen it, but I saw a crane's nest yesterday. And this mother crane had three cranes about as big as she was. They're in the top of the skinniest tree that you could ever imagine in a nest this big. It looked like four pterodactyls sitting in it. And as the wind is blowing, these birds are holding on. I'm going, I am tripping on this because they're hanging on for dear life. The baby birds were about as big as mama was. And then daddy flew in and the tree bent more. So you got five pterodactyls sitting in this. I've never seen nothing. It's beautiful. And we were sitting there watching it. And those baby birds were depending on their mother to feed them. And they were sitting there with mouths open looking for those fish. Look, God ingrained upon that bird to feed that other bird, and those birds sit there with mouths open. We're not birds. We got the ability to work. And we don't sit there with our mouths wide open. God has provided means for us to be taken care of. And if he cares for those birds that are swaving that tree, all five of them, in the middle of a storm... How much more are you? It's the small things we worry about so much. Consider the birds of the air. You are worth more than they. And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to your life? How many of you have been so consumed about things that you have no day in which to be grateful. I want you to listen. Worry never robs tomorrow of its trouble. It saps today of its strength. I want you to understand that worry is one of the biggest weapons Satan uses against you. Because if he can keep you occupied with what may be, and you will have no day in which to work for the kingdom of Christ. What worries you? Do you have total dependence on Christ this morning? Do you think about things greater than you think about Jesus? And look what the text says. You're not going to add a single hour to your life. As a matter of fact, you're probably taking it away. Worry causes more stress than anything that we could ever imagine. It makes you sick. It makes you sad. It makes you paranoid. It will consume your life. Because you are concerned about what might be instead of being concerned and putting your faith in who is. There's so many people, even those that are listening to us on the... You know, we might have a sack full of people gone, but I believe there's a one person in here that needs to hear this. Listen to me. Do not let the what might be's take the place of who God is. Listen. You're not going to add a single hour to your life. I want you to think that so many times, and listen to me. There's a difference between being concerned and being consumed by worry. And I know you're going, well, Chad, please tell me how I can know the difference. Concerned means that you are taking your concerns and your problems and laying them at the feet of Jesus. Worry means you're taking your problems and concern and carrying them on your own back. That's the difference. That's the difference. Where you're so concerned about things, you think you're the one that's got to bear them. Jesus tells you very clearly 
Why are you worried about, and he's talking in context about food, and he's talking about clothing. But understand, it stems from materialism. It stems from God, don't give me what I need, but God, give me what I want. That's everything that we have. And he's trying to explain to you is, look, life will go on. You may not get what you want in your closet. You may not eat filet mignon, but God will provide for you. Be thankful for what he has given you. Learn total dependence on him, not total dependence on yourself. Look what he says. Yet I say, listen to this. One of my favorite verses in the text. And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They don't toil or spin, yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. I think this is important to bring up. How many of you care about what you wear? Have you ever noticed that if you're not wearing that $100 pair of shoes, you feel you don't fit in? You got to wear those Nikes, man. You got to wear those name brand clothes. Why do we do stuff like this? Because we care about what other people think greater than we care about what God thinks. Now go with me on this. You care more about what people think about you. Don't follow me around. I shop at the discount store at Bill's up here in Landrum. My point is this. As long as God keeps me in what I need, why should I complain about what I have? We go up through the world and we see the signs that says, put you first. We see people says, you can look like me. I love face gossip. I'm going to tell you why. Nothing personal toward anybody. I'm not going off on a tangent, but I'm going to go show you how the world views things. And this is what manipulates us. I love when I see people airbrush their photos. I know you. <laughs> you didn't look like that yesterday. <laughs> because we care about what people think. You see, when we take a false approach to things, we can clear away all the flaws. And we give an appearance to others that we're something we're not. That's what the world wants. But look what the text says. Don't worry about these things. Who cares what everybody else thinks? Who cares what everybody else has? You serve a God of one, pray for his provision, and he will provide. But here's why I want to tell you about clothes. Now listen to me. I hope this message resonates in everyone sitting here, every child and every adult. He says, consider the lilies of the field. Now, he's not talking about the lilies that we see today. He's talking about the lilies that grew on the hillsides in Palestine, which was a beautiful, beautiful flower. And he says, not even Solomon in all his glory. Solomon's glory. I want you to do a little research on Solomon. Solomon was the third king of Israel. Okay? You had Saul, then you had David. David's son with Bathsheba was Solomon. Solomon, according to 2 Chronicles, was the wisest and richest king of Israel. He had everything. As a matter of fact, 1 Kings tells us this. It says, listen. When the queen of Sheba saw all the wisdom of Solomon, listen, and the house that he had built, and the food at his table, and the seating of his servants, and the service of his waiters, and their attire, his cupbearers, his burnt offerings, which he offered at the house of the Lord, she was breathless. Did you hear that? The rumors were true. This man had it all. But yet the same Solomon is the one who would write a book of Ecclesiastes, which was said everything under the sun is vanity. 
For the eye is never satisfied with seeing, nor the ear hearing. If you concern yourself about material things, you will never be satisfied. Listen to me. And that which you long for, you'll long for more. What profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? Why do we worry over these things? Why do we think that our Heavenly Father is not going to take care of us? Chad, you don't know I've lost my job. I may lose my job. You don't know the financial market's bad. Chad, you don't know these countries are about to go to war and it could change us. It may. Jesus said in this life we will have trouble. Why do we live as though we don't think anything's ever going to happen? The problem is, is when it consumes you and you don't have enough faith to believe God will deliver you through all circumstances. That's the problem. There's a good chance you will lose your job maybe one day. There's a good chance you will lose your 401k. There's a good chance you will be sick. There's a good chance you will die. There's a great chance every one of you will die. One out of one person still dies. That's a 100% guarantee. We will have trouble. But Jesus says, Lord, may your will be done. Your kingdom come. That is what he's teaching us here. Then, Lord, we're totally dependent on you regardless of what happens. I win. How do you mean you win? Because being a born-again believer in Jesus Christ teaches me two things. <clears throat> Number one, if I'm on this earth, he will never leave me or forsake me. I win. And number two, if I die, I'm with him eternally. I win. And if we all had a kingdom thought and a kingdom vision, we would all live kingdom focused. But God, verse 30, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into a furnace, Will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. What is it you put your trust in? What is it you put your trust in? Do not worry then what we will eat or what we will drink or what we will wear for clothing. For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows what you need. All these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Now look, here's your priorities. I think it very interesting that it says, for the Gentiles eagerly seek these things. Listen, the Gentiles, the unbelievers. Okay, let's just translate that over. Gentiles, unbelievers, this is the context he's using. Unbelievers seek wealth and they seek mammon. They seek all those things they can accomplish on their own. They seek the things that they don't believe that is given by God. They believe they can take what they want. They believe they can have and deserve everything in the world because it belongs to them. Everything on this earth belongs to God. So there's a difference between believers and unbelievers. So why would believers live like unbelievers and worry about everything? What does your household look like? It's funny, I used to hear people talk about, well, I'm worried about my finances, but a lot of times they're the ones that got their own self in the mess. We say, why do our kids always want this? Because we've always given them that. If you in your own household and in your home start out being materialistic, it's hard to stop. If you live on total dependence in Christ, that evidence shows. A lot of people look at their priorities. Is your priority to be at work and get as much overtime as you can so you can have all the money that you can? Don't get me wrong. We need to live. But we need to live serving God who is our ultimate provider. You see, the thing about it was with me, when I lived in this church for so long, and I'm not going to beat this dead horse, but I'm going to tell you what it taught me. Man, it taught me that I could do without TV for nine months. 
How many of you could do without TV for nine months? See, two out of 40. Okay, listen to me. I'm not trying to point anybody out. But when you learn total dependence on God, you figure out right quick what you need and what you don't. And maybe, just maybe, God brings you these, through these things that you'd grow closer to him and total dependence on him. You see, so many times, a lot of our worries are things that we caused because we seek things that we shouldn't seek. Look what he says. Seek his kingdom first and his righteousness. And all these things will be added on to you. Seek him first, which he's priority. I'm going to get into that in just a second. What is our priorities? What is our priorities in our jobs? What is our priorities in our lives? What is our priorities in our home? Things are Christ. And we look at it. And we think about, well, what you have, what about sickness? I worry about sickness. I worry about all kind of things. It consumes me. That's the problem. I'm not saying God will deliver you from every circumstance. But if you have faith and seek his kingdom, he'll walk with you through every circumstance. So why worry about it? You know, I'll be honest with you. About a year ago, this time, I was diagnosed with something that scared me. Wasn't happy about it. And was concerned about it. And as I sit there and we went over the options, I began to worry. Yep, 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 yep. And it consumed me. Not worried over my life, but worried over my wife and kids. Because a lot of times at the stage I was diagnosed with it, most people don't survive five years. And I learned, listen to me, and don't get Chad's not woe with please, I want you to hear, no, 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 woe is me. No, 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 I'm not doing that. I'll tell you what I learned through it. And I pray that if you're listening on the internet or whether you're sitting here, listen to this. First of all, I don't care what any of you have or will be diagnosed with, there's none of us guaranteed tomorrow. I want you to hear this. And what I learned through all this, God spoke to me clearly. He says, why worry over things of tomorrow? Just like the little bird that falls that I know, I will take care of your wife and I'll take care of your kids. Don't seek what the Gentiles seek. Seek me. Let me handle the results. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The preceding verses. You seek me first. Who do you serve the greatest? Are you going to be concerned over what might happen? Or will you rejoice in knowing that I have sealed you until the day of redemption? It began to change my thoughts. I don't know what burden you're carrying around this morning, so I guarantee you somebody doing it. Or whether you're on air and you're carrying it. The difference in concern and worry is that with our concern, we can lay them at the feet of Jesus and walk off. Let him handle the results. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So what does it mean to seek his kingdom and righteousness? Well, first, to seek his kingdom, I want you to look at this. Number one, your priorities. What are your priorities in your life? What is your priority in your home? It's total surrender to him. Stephen Cole gives this example on priorities. He had this big, massive jar, somebody did, and he filled it full of big fist-sized rocks. No more fist-sized rocks could fit into it. So he said, is the jar full? And somebody said, yes. Then he added some small gravel. 
and it filled the jar up. Is this jar full? Yes. No, it's not. He added sand to it and it began to fill in the cracks. Is this jar full? Finally, somebody says, no, you are correct. And he added water. So what's the point of the matter? The priority is you put the big rocks in first or they won't fit in. Here's your point. You take the rocks to Jesus, the big rocks, and the little rocks won't matter. What's your priorities? Listen, Hudson Taylor, who was a missionary to China and the founder of what is today called the Overseas Missionary Fellowship, gave excellent advice. Listen to this. Let us give up our work, our plans, ourselves, our lives, our loved ones, our influence, our all right into God's hand. And then when we have given all over to him, there will be nothing left for us to be worried about. Have you placed everything in his hands? I think so many times we want to give this to Jesus, but not this. We want to hang on to something. You have to surrender it all. You know, I often think that worry so consumes so many people because their priorities are not on Christ, you're afraid to do anything. I've met people who won't watch football on television because they think the huddle's talking about them. Listen. Being stressed over what people think, what people do, what you will have and what you will not have is not a priority on Christ. I may get sick tomorrow. You may. I may die. You may. I may not have a job. You may. My children may abandon me. They may. My wife or husband may leave. They may. I'm not going to get up here and be like Smiley on TV and says everything's going to be perfect. Turn that junk off, people. Quit looking for people that's going to build you, boost your morale. And look to Christ who will build your soul. Life is going to happen. You can't live in fear of what may or may not. But live in confidence, well, who will hold you? I see so many people even afraid to go out. This COVID thing shook up the world. It makes me sick. Yes, people got sick. People liked to die. People did die, even involved in this church. But it was another tool used by Satan to make us fear everything. People are afraid to even go down the streets anymore because you might get shot. People are afraid to go to stores because they might get robbed. Let me tell you something. Sin has always been and will always be in this world until Jesus Christ comes back. I can't live on what may be happening. I have to place in my confidence and listen to this. If you don't hear another word, hear this. Please, everybody hear this. I have to place my confidence and seek His kingdom in Christ and realize that I am immortal until Jesus Christ calls me home. You are immortal until God says it's time to go. You seek His kingdom, which means continually seeking His face in His Word and on your knees in prayer. That His kingdom is first. I will tell you this. I believe the reason a lot of people have problems with worry and anxiety is because they don't spend enough time in God's Word. And they definitely don't spend enough time in prayer. We're more reactive than we are proactive. We wait till something happens before we seek His kingdom 
then we're not really sinking his kingdom. We're bargaining. If I were to ask you today, how much time do you spend in God's word, what would you tell me? I'd rather somebody just stand up and say, Chad, only Sunday morning. At least you'd be honest with me. How much time do you spend in this word? How do you expect God to speak to you if you don't read his word? That kills me. I've met people that want to sign. I want to hear God speak to me. Well, read his word. We have 66 books in this volume we call God's Word. And it's available to everybody. Do you read it? You say, does it work? Absolutely. Because there's been times I've been consumed by that anxiousness, that worry. And I requote the Psalms. And what time I'm afraid... I will trust in thee. And I will quote Job, though he slay me, I will trust in him. Seeking his word. Guys, I, I, I implore you, if you are a born again believer in Jesus Christ, you've got to be in this word. And if you're in Christ, you're going to be on your knees in prayer. You'd be surprised how many times I talk to people. Do you pray with your spouse? Do you pray with your kids? Do you pray at any time at all? Well, I'll save my blessing before I eat. I'm not even going to say that's a start. Are you willing to turn everything over to Christ? Do you talk to him daily? If you live like the Gentiles live, you'll serve and want what the Gentiles want. And I can promise you those things will let you down. Why do you think Jesus used Solomon in all his glory? Because in man's eyes, Solomon was glorious. But in God's eyes, those flowers are more beautiful than Solomon was because God took care of them. You seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Are you living in sin? See, I often think that a lot of times when we won't desire things, there's one sin that we don't hear about a lot preached from the pulpit. It's called coveting. Desiring that which is not yours because you think it will make you happier. Desiring things that God has not given you because you're not satisfied with what he has. You see, that's why Solomon is used. Solomon had women he had money. He had food. He had all kind of things. The same Solomon that built the temple to God that said, if my people which are called by my name will turn. This same Solomon who God promised him that if he would be obedient that God would be with him turned himself away for foreign gods and the desires of the flesh and he was never satisfied. And with the end of his life, write a book and after a book filled with so much pessimistic thought would say, I have come to this conclusion to love God and keep his commandments. Everything else is vanity. Everything will let you down. If you seek well, if you seek things, then you will be worried. If you seek to be comforted by all those things which you think you provide, you'll be miserable. But if you seek the kingdom of Christ and his righteousness, I can promise you, you will be filled. Charles Spurgeon said this, in 480 B.C., the outmanned army of Sparta's King Leonidas 
held off the Persian troops of Xerxes by fighting them one at a time as they came through a narrow mountain pass. Commenting on this strategy, Spurgeon says, Suppose Leonidas and his handful of men had gone into the wide open plain and attacked the Persians. Why? They would have died at once even though they fought like lions. But Spurgeon said, By saying that Christians stand in the narrow pass of today, if they chose to fight every battle, every difficulty, at once they would surely suffer defeat. Listen. But if they trust God to take their troubles one by one, they will find that their strength is sufficient. You see, he is referring to the 300 Spartans who took on the Persian army and held out for many days 300 men. And they would have held out longer until they were betrayed. But here was the point. If every Christian, listen, would take their troubles one by one to Jesus on a daily basis, they would find that their strength that Christ gives them is sufficient. What worries you today? (coughs) But seek ye first his kingdom and righteousness. Your priorities. Seeking your priorities. Is it for his kingdom, which is being faithful to his word and his work? His righteousness. That everything you are and all aspect of your being is sold out to Christ. In realizing whether it be good or whether it be bad, it is in the hands of a sovereign God. Why do we say we want God to be in control but live like we don't think He is? That baffles me. Yes, if I've had times of weakness, absolutely. But I tell you this. That all I have to do is reflect on my life and I can tell you, just like my friend Jeff Miser says, that no matter where I've went through, whether good or bad, God has always given me sandals in the desert. Well, whom do you trust? You see, I'm going to close it out with this. Listen to me. I guarantee you right now that some of you are gripped with worry. We think of God not being in control. You see, one of Napoleon's greatest generals come to an Austrian town. And the Austrian leadership met that town was totally defenseless. And as they met to consider surrender because there was no army there, And this general showed up with 18,000 men from the French army. And this town, Austrian town, had none. Look this this up. It's a historical fact. The pastor came to him and said, Look, I know it looks bad, but it's Easter, and we got to worship Christ. Let's worship. Let the chips fall where they may. Let God fight the battle for us. Listen. Well, the town's leadership agreed and went up into the tower and rang the bell. As they were ringing the bell, the French army misunderstood that bell ringing as the Austrian army had came to relieve the town, and they fled. And that is a historical fact. They thought the Austrian army was coming to relieve the town, and the army fled because the pastor had said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And let Christ take care of the rest. Now you're going to say, was that going to happen in every case? No. But what did I say at the early of the service? Whether I'm here in Christ, I win. 
or whether I leave this earth in Christ, I win. But he has promised never to leave me or forsake me. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you may have or what you won't have. Don't worry about those things that consume you. You place your faith and trust in Christ and say, God, I may not understand what's going to happen, but I want to seek you first and you take care of the results. If I lose my job, then I have to pray and believe that you'll give me another one. You either pray in faith or you pray in a lost hope. Which one do you do? You pray in faith that God will sustain you when you think that you're unsustainable. Because the Bible tells me clearly in Ephesians that God has made me, Jesus Christ has saved me, and the Holy Spirit has sealed me. And there ain't anybody in this world going to take that away. Do you live like that? Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to have a few moments to pray. You're welcome to pray where you are come up. There's some that have asked for us to pray over them. Joe has asked that this church pray for him. There's others that others that have asked us to pray for them. And I'm praying today, first and foremost, that if you don't have a relationship with Christ, that today is the day of salvation. That's first. Which means this. What does it mean to be saved? It means turning to Christ and turning from sin. And following Him completely. And if you trust in Him, He will give you a new nature. And He will forgive you of all unrighteousness. I pray that there's not one that is a believer in Christ today be the day of salvation. Two, I pray for those that are defeated. They are believers in Jesus Christ, but they feel they have no more fight left in them. Get up and fight. We got to fight. That's all the devil wants to do is get the fight out of you. I pray that you gain courage. And you gain strength to rest in the assurance that Christ has given you that he would never leave you or forsake you. Tomorrow's going to come with or without you. God is in total control. But I pray that you live today as it's your last. And that if anybody goes to hell, they'd go tripping over you. And you live as though materialism don't matter, but Christ alone matters. Stand up and fight with me. I pray today you may be defeated by a lot of things. You may be sick. You may be struggling in a lot of ways. But I promise you that even the grass of the field that God clothed, you are more worthy than that. God will give you what you need if you seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Do you believe? With every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to spend a time in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you thanking you for your grace and mercy. God, I pray that everyone here would see their priorities. That their priorities, number one, would be to seek your kingdom. And their second priority would seek your righteousness. God, I pray that everyone would move and be moved by your power that the chains would be broken, that the scales would fall from eyes, that people would be saved, the saved would be renewed, and we all have a fire that burns within us to go tell the world they must be saved. The Lord would all learn total dependence. 
And Lord, we would see you for who you are. We love you and we thank you. Amen. Before they sing, Barnhouse gave a quote of a butcher. And he asked that butcher, he said, what happened when you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? He said, I stopped weighing my thumb. And kind of confused, he said, what do you mean? He said, well, every piece of meat that I sold somebody, I put my thumb on it. That I could make just a little bit more money. But when I got saved and I put my life and trust in Jesus Christ, I learned who my priorities was. And it wasn't about money, but about Christ who saved me. You see, just like the father told the son, he said, son, set your life differently. And then you can see it and you can seek religion later. And his son said, no, Dad, Jesus Christ told me differently. I pray today as we sing, what are your priorities? Are you still putting your thumb on it so you can get all that you can get or relying on the world to provide for you? Again, I'm not up here, and I know I'm not trying to prolong this. Please don't think I am. But I don't want to be an encouraging speaker that tells you you can go out there and be happy and life's going to give you better roses. In this life, we will have trouble. But Christ says, I will give you my peace. I'm not going to give you false information or false hope. But I believe Christ is the only hope. And in Him, regardless of any circumstances... He will change you. And if you lost everything, you would still hold on to Him. Is He worth it? As Leonard Ravenhill said, are the things you're living for worth Christ dying for? Don't put your faith in your thumb. Don't put your faith in setting your priorities in your life in a certain order than finding Jesus. You find Jesus. You seek His kingdom and His righteousness first and all the chips will fall where they may. Trust in Him. For he is the only way. Let us sing.